Hey there, and thank you for tuning in to I-80 Sports. Today, we are doing our 2023 season preview for Sporting Kansas City. Hey out there, and thank you for joining us today at I-80 Sports. Today, we are here with the guys from No Other Pod, Jimmy and Daniel. How are you guys doing today? Doing Good. Great, doing great. Thanks for having us on, Bob. Good to see you again, buddy. Of course. Great to see you, too. It's been a long year. I know we've uh, we've talked a little bit since our last um, season preview, but I don't think we've gotten on a show together because no. um, there wasn't a lot to talk about about sporting Kansas City last year in... <laughs> The, the most negative of ways. It was kind of a, a down year from the previous surprise season, I guess we could say that. Um, why don't, before we jump into it, you guys tell us a little bit about your podcast and where we can find your work. For sure. So No Other Pod, it's a, a sporting Kansas City uh, and MLS-focused podcast. We're part of the Kansas City Sports Network now, which is a new development since last time we joined here. Uh, you can find us on uh, your podcasting platforms. Uh, Kansas City Sports Network Soccer is the feed, KCSN Soccer. You get No Other Pod. You also get Currently, which Dan does uh, with our other partner, Chris Wright, that covers the Kansas City Current, the women's professional team here. And then Ali Trost-Martin does a show about Kansas City Soccer as well. So check us out, KCSN Soccer, wherever you get your podcasts. And We'll keep you up to date on about uh, all the the near blockbuster signings like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> oh, swing and a miss, swing and a miss, real close. Um, but let's talk a little about team culture, ownership. What do even casual fans need to know about Sporting KC? Oh man, just uh, you know, over the years, passion has been a huge thing uh, with fans and everything. You know, the Cauldron, known as one of the rowdiest groups out there in Major League Soccer. Uh, I think people, I think people kind of forget about that passion if they're just looking at last year's uh, results and everything. And you know, maybe we maybe we were a little too quiet, you know. But I think they'll see this year, uh, everyone will come back out real strong and supporting this club as they've made some new additions and whatnot. Absolutely, and one I of think- the uh, very close to original clubs. Were you guys one of the original originals, the Wiz? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So one of the original major league soccer clubs. That's why they call them the cauldron, the supporters, because it was the Wizards, then the Wiz. I always make the joke, uh, there used to be a Northeast-based based, uh, like electronics brand in the early 90s called Nobody Beats the Wiz, um, which, which wasn't true in Major League Soccer. Um, yeah, it was rough for a while. So let's jump in and talk about what did happen last season, because two years ago we had an awesome year with your wingers just scoring all the time. Daniel Shallowy, Johnny Russell kind of having, uh, you know, fantastic seasons. Daniel Shallowy actually having kind of like a, a career resurgence two years ago. But then last year dried up just a little bit. Now they they are some of the top scorers. You have Johnny Russell, eight goals, one assist. William Agata with eight goals, two assists. Daniel Shallowy, seven goals, three assists. Eric Tommy, three goals, one assist, and Felipe Hernandez with two goals and three assists. Besides horrible pronunciations on my part, what do you think of when you see that chart there? Hey, first off, the best thing to note is that uh, William Agata was not even close to being there for like a whole season, you know, and just to see him get those numbers Ten appearances, and the time he yeah. did, it's, it's, it's fantastic. 
Yeah, I think the the biggest story, well, Sporting Kansas City's 2022 season is really honestly a tale of two seasons, if you will. Uh, The thing that happened leading into the season that none of us really expected is two designated players, Alan Polito, who many people probably know, he's the the most expensive signing in Sporting Kansas City history, the designated player number nine. Uh, And then Gadi Kinda, maybe less people know, but designated player, central attacking midfielder. Both of them were injured and both of them uh, underwent procedures that caused them to miss the entire season. It's the first time in the designated player era that a major league soccer team has had two of their designated players injured for the entire season. So when you, you're, we all know how MLS rosters are. There's not a lot of wiggle room when you get injuries. So when two of your best players go down, it doesn't really set you up for success. And then there was continued injury struggles. We had Peter Vermees on our podcast, the coach and sporting director, a few weeks ago, and he was talking about how he ended up having to play a player like Roger Espinoza a lot more minutes than he ever wanted to because his body, you know, in the mid-30s now just isn't meant for that. But then Eric Tommy comes in, an attacking midfielder from Germany. Willie Agata comes in, a striker who played over in Israel. Uh, as you mentioned, they, they made, I think it was 12 appearances, but 10 starts when I last looked. And uh, they sort of turned this season around, if you will. If you look yeah. at over the last 10 games, Sporting Kansas City earned 20 points. That's two points per game. You put that out over the course of a season, two points per game, you're right there near the top of the table. So once they brought reinforcements in, they actually looked pretty good. And that was what's so weird for Sporting KC. They're used to making the playoffs, but we're also kind of used to limping into the playoffs. This was almost the total inverse. We were firing on all cylinders and we just missed out on the playoffs. So you have all that momentum and then you're off for like four months. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting because we do have uh, not a lot of players coming and going. Um, You do have some addition by, you know, uh, health um, there. When I look at my additions, let's let's talk about addition subtractions. Um, Mm -hmm. I have... Uh, Nicholas Isigmat Mirin and Uri Rosell as the guys um, departing. And as additions, I do have Agata and Tommy as, you know, although they were additions last year, sure. you're getting a full season out of that. And that actually kind of puts you in a strange spot because uh, with two wingers like Shallowy and Russell, uh, you generally have one center forward, but now you have Agata and Pulido. Um, how do you see that shaking down? It's going to be real fun, right? I bet uh, I bet training camp's a blast right now, just seeing those guys face off against each other. I I, I know Polito's probably not where he wants to be, you know, 100% sure. wise and everything. So I think we kind of expect Agata to get that role for now. But keep an eye on that because, I mean, Peter could have some fun with formations now when you got Gotti Kinda and Eric Tommy sharing the same role. Uh, just Just so many quality guys that could really, I don't know, it's hard to even predict a starting lineup at this point. Yeah, Sporting Kansas City's problem, especially at the striker position, really ever since they had Dom Dwyer at that consistent striker, is there hasn't they've had a guy or another guy, but due to injury or whatnot, there's always been a little bit of a question mark there. In our record goal-scoring season back in uh, 2018, 2019, I forget which one it was, uh, we had Kyrie Shelton as our starting striker, and he scored like two goals all year. Most yeah. of them were coming from the wings. This is the first time in many years that Sporting KC have had two starting caliber strikers in Willie Agata and Alan Polito, assuming he can get back to full fitness. So, uh, you know, they, iron sharpens iron, they say. I'm sure Peter Vermees is salivating thinking about the the options that he has there. Uh, and then, yeah, Eric Tommy and Gadi Kinda battling it out in the midfield, assuming Gadi Kinda can get back to full fitness. Uh, suddenly, that's patented 4-3-3 that Peter Vermees plays. Uh, he's got a lot more levers that he can pull and a lot of different strategies he can deploy maybe than people sometimes assume he will. 
Absolutely. Who was who were your other big additions this offseason? Yeah, Nemanja Radoya is a name that you'll probably see in the day one starting lineup. Is that the Serbian? Uh, yeah, he's a, a central defensive midfielder at number six. Um, he will probably be the starting midfielder. As you mentioned, uh, Uri Rossell is no longer with the team. And Uri probably wasn't even supposed to be the starting uh, defensive midfielder last year. We had another guy named uh, Jose Maori who was supposed to be the starting midfielder who got let go from the team after making like a 27-minute appearance and there was drama. And so he got cut. Uh, so Nemanja Rodoya will probably be the starting uh, central defensive midfielder. And then there's a German uh, left back that they signed named Tim Leibold, who's played in the Bundesliga. He's played in the Bundesliga too. Um, he's got a, a bunch of uh, starting experience. My money would be on him being the day one left back uh, starter. Uh, but Logan and Denbe also could be there or Ben Sweat pushing for time. There's lots of options on the left side there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a look at a little depth chart that we threw together. Not that uh, we're necessarily in the know or that this is even easy to predict. Um, <laughs> four, three, three is kind of what I've had here with, you know, kind of dual number eights and a holding midfielder. And then, you know, you have your wings, Daniel Shallowy, Johnny Russell, who can absolutely contribute double digit goals. Um, they've done it before. Uh, I, I think last year we've kind of seen what is more likely eight goals, four or five assists each. Um, let's go kind of, let, I guess let's start from the top. We talked about the Pulita Agata um, drama, I guess, uh, position battle, I guess would be probably even better to call it a position battle. And then mm -hmm. you have uh, Shelton behind him. Then you have Johnny Russell, Daniel Shallowy. Um, that we can kind of, for day one, like pencil in, right? Is, is that kind of the way we're going i i don't see any uh, like four two four in our possibility is, is this the formation we're looking to look at that sounds about right i think that's uh everything looks pretty decent there i don't know uh i don't see Gotti kinda and eric tommy playing at the same time that's possible okay. but i also uh i wouldn't i wouldn't write tim melia's name and marker down there you know what i mean i'd pencil that in that uh john Polskamp had a hell of a year when when tim went out with an injury last year so it could just very well be uh, John's role. Absolutely. Let's move down and uh, take a look at the mid midfield. Um, Tommy, Remy Walter, uh, Espinoza, you got Gotti Kinda, Radoja? Radoya. Radoya, okay. I'm just learning these names as, as they come European in. European pronunciations, yeah. <laughs> well, when you're covering 29 teams, it's hard to look at all up. What is the most likely pairing of three that we'd see in this midfield? I am going to go day one. I think Eric Tommy, he's got that attacking midfielder spot lined up. Gotti Kinda still not quite back at full fitness. He and Polito are working their way back. The reports that I've seen and the things that I've heard, Polito might be a little bit farther ahead than Gotti Kinda. So I would be surprised if we see Gotti Kinda ready to go day one. Um, and I think he's more likely to be in a battle with Eric Tommy for that sort of number 10 attacking midfield spot. Uh, Remy uh, Voltaire, he was the one who he definitely played a lot of number six last year. Uh, but Peter Vermees, ever since he signed, has sort of consistently said, yeah, Remy can play the six, but number eight's his best position. So my guess would be Eric Tommy sort of at that number 10 attacking midfield role. Remy Voltaire kind of at the number eight box-to-box -box role. And then that new signing, Rodoya, stepping into the number six. And that's probably the, the, the three midfielders you see day one. All right, great stuff. Now let's talk about this back four here for Sporting Kansas City. Um, this is a team that gave up fifty four goals. Uh, yeah, fifty four goals last season, um, which is 
not ideal. Not ideal. It's not terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's not ideal. It's sure. it's just a little below average. Um, how do you see this uh, working out? You got Graham Zusi out on the right side. He's eternal. I don't know. He's 75 <laughs> years old and has the Fountain of Youth or something. Right. Um, and on the left side, you threw a couple names out, a new signing. I have uh, Logan Ndebe and Ben Sweat. Um, on the depth chart on that side fullbacks what role do they play on this team and what are your your top choices yeah I love it first off I, I love that you uh I mean it's gonna be Fontas and Ford in the center I think Courtney Ford coming back from uh, a little suspension that maybe wasn't his fault last year but we had we had Peter Vermees on the podcast and he talked about how Graham Zussi he talked about his body he said he just has the body for this game and he is like you said eternal and we had Zussi on the podcast. He wouldn't give us a special stretching routine. He's like, I have a special thing I do every night. And I'm like, let us in on that fountain of youth stretching. Uh, but left back's where the questions are. Everything else seems pretty solid. Peter himself said, Caden Pierre's not ready to take that right back spot. So that's probably Graham's. Left back, I could see Tim Leibold uh, slotting in there. The man's got German experience. Uh, we haven't seen him in action. So it's really tough to tough to really say anything concrete. And what's so interesting about the way Sporting KC uses their fullbacks is that Sporting KC does a high press and they want their uh, fullbacks to go up in the attack so the wingers can sort of cut in. Uh, so you will see Zussi and whichever fullbacks on that left side really pressing up, doing overlapping runs with the wingers. They'll lay it off so Zussi um, or Leibold or Ndenbe, whoever's on the left side, can whip some balls into the box and then Shallowy and Russell can make some of those late runs or, or go to the end line. So uh, really important for them to push up in the attack, but that also means that they have to be in that much better fitness because they have to make, you know, lung busting runs to get back to, to make yeah. some of those uh, defensive stops. And that's where sporting KC, you said the goals they gave up last year. That was some of the problem is um, the athleticism maybe wasn't quite there, especially at the center back spot in the ways uh, that it was before. Back when we had Ikapara, he made up for, uh, you know, covered a lot of ground. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Courtney Ford there could definitely help with some of that. But Sporting really only right now has three center backs on the roster that they can use and rotate. So I wouldn't be surprised to see another center back signing come in before uh, too long. And, and that'll be interesting to see just how much of a quality center back that is and if that pushes. Courtney Ford maybe into that secondary role instead of the starter. Love to see it. I know they're linked uh, right now to a uh, another Serbian. I'm, I'm seeing that even on transfermark.com with a zero percent possibility. That that's very uh, confident right there. Yeah, there's lots of links out there. I think there was a Belgian or another German. So Sporting Casey definitely appears to be active in the market looking for a center back. It just sort of depends um, on the situation and, and if the time is right. How sure are you that the team would pull the trigger on a move like that? Like, are, are you guys now, obviously you, you have gone out and spent money when you've seen holes in the attack. Are you confident that the team would pull the trigger and spend some money on the back line? Listen, I'm, I, I don't even know what to think about this team anymore. Cause they just tried for Cristiano Ronaldo. So I'm just kind of like, <laughs> apparently they're open to just getting kind of crazy. So we're just here to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, Peter Vermees had mentioned when, when the Ronaldo stuff came out, and, and what's interesting, you hear Peter talk about it, and he's always quick to say, well, that was Mike Illig's idea, who he's one of the owners. And, and clearly there was some marketing and off-field potential with a player of the fame of Cristiano Ronaldo. But what Peter has said in all of his discussions about this is the league is changing, the league is evolving, you have to spend to keep up. We can't just keep doing things the way that we have finding success in the past. 
so there is a definite willingness to spend, but he always couches it by saying, but it has to be the right fit. It has to be the right time. So I think if they find the right player and, and it seems to make sense from a financial standpoint, they'll do it. Uh, but they're not going to pull the trigger just to pull the trigger. Yeah. And, and when it comes to a, an international superstar, I think the right time is always now. Isn't that, isn't that like right. kind of the case? Um, I would be very surprised if we don't see some shocking moves of players coming to Major League Soccer with the new Apple deal. You know, Apple's uh, encouraging that every chance they get. Um, you know, I had people looking at, you know, inter uh yeah, Miami, we're, we're going to be talking with them a little later tonight yeah. about some of the moves that they're um, looking at and how the unbalanced of them playing in football stadiums the last games of the year after that summer transfer window. Um, wow. If you look at that, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's like their last four games of the season are all at places that can host 60,000 people or more. Yeah. Um, seeing if that is, you know, maybe it's a coincidence. I don't like looking into that <laughs> stuff. But, you know, I'd love to see SKC, you know, go out, go out and make a splash. Um because they would be well-received. You'd, you'd be packing stadiums up there for sure. Well, and there were rumors. I mean, this hasn't really come to fruition yet, but, you know, the, the Kansas City started a really good line, uh, write-up talking about the timeline of the Cristiano uh, Ronaldo near signing. And in that story, there was kind of a, a lead buried that said after that, um, it sort of opened the eyes of some other European stars to the possibility of sporting Kansas City as a destination. And they said that there was one player in uh, Europe, they didn't name them, but they said it was a, a European star who was interested in coming to Sporting Kansas City and the interest was mutual. So that hasn't necessarily come to fruition yet. People started speculating it might have been uh, Griezmann because uh, uh, Antoine Griezmann is a big Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs fan. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, there were rumors say about uh, Obama Yang, and it, I think they were linking him to LAFC, but said yeah. you know, they weren't quite sure uh, wh where those rumors were going. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that as the season progresses. Uh, but right now, let's get some quick hit questions out. What's the biggest strength of this team? Biggest strength, man. It's, it's probably the midfield, right? Because, I mean, it's just uh, yeah. there's there's a lot of them. And it's like I, I can't really put a starting lineup together in the midfield whatsoever. For sure. What is the biggest weakness of Sporting Casey? I mean, I'm going to say that center back position right now just because it's so thin. I mean, Andreu Fontas, uh, he's he's had one really good year and four suspect to mediocre years, and he's sort of the veteran center back right there. And then Courtney Ford, he's got a ton of potential, a ton of talent. Can he put it together and really live up to it? I think that's the question, but there's not a lot of room for error with only three center backs on the roster right now. Love it. Who's one player outside of our current projected 11 that could find an everyday spot on this roster? Oh, man. Probably uh, you, got, you like the young guys with Felipe Hernandez or uh, even a Caden Pierre at some point, you know. But, yeah, that, I guess that's, that's who I have to go with. Probably Roger Espinoza. Let's just watch. Roger's, <laughs> Roger's going to take the spot, you know. Yeah. I, the one that I'd keep an eye on, too, is uh, – you have him as, as the backup left winger, which is probably accurate right now. Marino Sujanis is how you say the name. Uh, that guy, when he got on the field, it wasn't a lot last year, but when he got on the field, you could tell he has all the creativity in the world. He just didn't mm -hmm. work defensively quite in the way that Peter Vermees wanted to. But he, you know, he had, a, I want to say, about a $2 million fee when he came in. Um, he can definitely bring a spark to the attack. And Daniel Shallowy has been known to be a little streaky in his career. So if Shallowy goes on a cold streak and Johnny steps in, he could take that spot. These aren't necessarily connected questions, but one player who's most likely to drop out of the starting level. I mean, it might be Daniel Shalloway, depending on how he performs. He, I mean, if he 
if he lives up to his form the last couple of years, he could be real good. But um, I'm I'm really fascinated to see that battle on the left wing between him and Johnny. Stan, I don't know I, if you have another idea. I assume we're talking because of play, not potential injury. Well, yes. it could be injury. I, I would think less injury, and I, I think the mm-hmm. the question is more like um, if someone's like on a pitch count or if someone's going to yeah. get their job taken by someone else outperforming them. Well, he, you can always assume Zeus is good for picking up a good injury, but then he's also good for coming back in, working his ass off, and taking his spot back. You know what I mean? So that that will happen. That is a that's on the bingo card, if you will. Fair, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Let's just hope it doesn't happen preseason this year. Exactly. Um, are there any other storylines we need to be following with Sporting KC this year? Is there any one thing that we should be watching for? Um, you know, whether it be a position battle or um, something with ownership, a coach story. What, what should casuals be? You know, when they when they see Sporting KC, you know, I need to tune in because I need to watch for X, Y, or Z. I, I think right off the bat, you need to be watching them and seeing how hot they come out because they ended the season with the worst taste in their mouth. So if they sat around and stewed on this and put in their workouts with this this vengeance in their mind, it could be interesting to see if they pick up some early points, which we all know Major League Soccer in general is, you know, the first couple months are kind of trash seasons. Yep. You know, it's points aren't really uh, meaningful. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's definitely something to see. Can they recapture the spark at the end of the season? Uh, Dan mentioned it briefly, but but the potential goalkeeper goalkeeper battle. Tim Melia had a down year last year. If you look at the advanced analytics, and John Polskamp yeah. came in and had quite a good little run at the end. I don't think it's Tim's job guaranteed. But then, lastly, this is the last year that Peter Vermees is currently under contract, and this club is built in the image of Peter Vermees. He's the longest tenured MLS coach with a single club right now. He's the sporting director. If, for whatever reason, Peter Vermees were to leave, either because they didn't get the results that they wanted on the field or because a job becomes available that might be the head coach of a national team that he once played for. <laughs> I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you never know. Mm, interesting. Um, it would probably start a three- to five-year rebuild for Sporting Kansas City because his fingerprints are all over this club. So I think they probably get the results. I don't think he ends up on the hot seat. But keep an eye. If the results don't come early, you know, that seat might start getting a little warmer. I mean, if you listen today, Twitter already signed Jesse March to that contract. Right. I mean, he he, he walked out <laughs> of Leeds and into the U.S. training camp. Yeah. So, um, you know, according to the the you know the the, the Twitterverse out there, um, right. very hard. very good. Going to keep a, a close eye on that throughout the season for sure. Um, lastly, what are actual realistic expectations for this team this season? Is it a top? three in the West or is it, you know, let's get a playoff spot in in MLS Cup, who knows, maybe a ball falls our way and we, we get in. I, I think they, you know, playoffs are absolutely attainable. Uh, I don't think they just squeeze in either, but I don't think they win the top spot. So I think it's kind of an upper middle of the road kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at the clubs in, in the West, um, LAFC, I think, is always going to be there. I'm really fascinated to see if Austin can replicate what they did last year. I mean, I don't know that that's a guarantee, but but they're going to be up there. And I think Seattle will have a, a pretty good bounce back year. So, I, you know, that might be the top three there. But four or five, I think that's definitely achievable for for SKC. And if they hit everything on on all cylinders and, and they don't have any injuries, they could challenge for one of those top few spots. But if I were to put money on it, I would say, you know, four, five, six, somewhere in there. Absolutely. And last question is for my buddy Alex, who likes to throw this in every episode. Who are your biggest rivals? 
Oh Oof. man, it just keeps changing. It just becomes organic. And I think, I think it's going to have to be, if you had to name one, it's got to be the new St. Louis City SC. Talking about how the term city uh, belongs to them now. And, and it's like, okay, well, we're just sporting Kansas now? That doesn't, doesn't sound right. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be that. I mean, they've tried to make it uh, RSL. They've tried to make it the Chicago Fire. They've tried to make it Minnesota United and even Seattle, the friendliest bro. rivalry. Seattle's so getting up there. There's been some games with Seattle, but but the fact that we'll finally have a team that's less than a four-hour drive from us, uh, it, it's going to be real fun. And last time St. Louis played Sporting Kansas City, it was um, uh, a, a Open Cup game um, when St. Louis, uh, the USL side, came and played, and it was a, a really good game, 1-0. So super. They, they've tried to brand it the barbecue, which, let's be real, the best barbecue in St. Louis. You hop on I-70 and you drive west for three and a half hours, and then you'll get it. So... That's uh, I think we're we're looking at St. Louis City SC. Yeah, and they their pizza, man. What is this? Have you had their pizza? That Emo's pizza? No, it's no, I, it's I not touch. great. I live it, I live in New York, man. We don't we don't mess with that. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm right there. I'm in New Jersey, but you know New York is is close enough to 15 minute drive. Um, that's real pizza. That's real pizza. And you know what? Like uh, I, I get into fights with people from uh, Columbus on what they try to pass off as food. With their uh, chili, yeah, with the well, chili, yeah. Get out of here with that. You gotta just feel bad for the people in Ohio because it's Ohio. <laughs> so, <laughs> we could do a whole episode the hell on is food real from therapy. Major League Soccer, you know. Yeah. All right, well, guys, um, I think we've jumped the shark on this one. Thank you for helping us out and break down everything with Sporting KC for the 2023 season. Hopefully, we'll have you guys on again soon and have something positive to talk about this season. Want to take one last chance to plug your show and let us know where we can find your work? For sure. Check us out, KCSN Soccer, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod or at JCMax03, at Dan Couser. Uh, we love engaging with people on Twitter, so come at us with uh, with your takes, with your hate, whatever you want. We'll be there. Love it. Thank you, guys, and uh, thank you out there for watching ID Sports. <laughs>